Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Are you going to play that dastardly intro again? Ow! This movie's still fine. There's a Coley pass that dies, that goes screw. One of them's a hottie, his name is Jay. One of them looks like Johnny Depp, and his name is Johnny Depp. Classic Maximum Joseph. You forget that films are supposed to have a point. You do sometimes, don't you, Guy? I often do. Um, not today, though. Not today. I, I I remembered throughout the entire film that films are meant to have a point. Um, welcome to the worst idea of all time, episode probably nine, season three, I think is where we're up to. I had to get a little bit more um, on board with uh, where we're up to, you know? You mean you have, what, you have to research it? I can tell you, we're on episode nine. Is that definitely the case? Yeah, a hundred percent. Cool, 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 cool. If you say something, it's true. How you doing, guy? We've just watched the movie. Literally just finished. Uh why does the like? What's the point? Someone asked me, or someone asked, I think probably both of us on Twitter this week. Uh, could you please explain in the next step why it's called "We Are Your Friends"? And on the surface, the answer to that question is because it's a very neat tight like. A lot of this movie was made to be a trailer. Uh, it's called We Are Your Friends because of the Justice vs. Simeon dance track, We Are Your Friends. And they used that, I'm pretty sure. Like They used that in the movie. It's the title track. They probably definitely used it in the trailer. Uh, and it's about, you know, it's... Some friends. About some friends. But is it is it about friendship? Is it, Or is it about following your dreams? Or is it just genuinely about nothing? Just fuck boys. Fuck boys, the movie. Yeah. Not the first time I've used that subtitle for We Are Your Friends, but I think it's pretty accurate. What do you think it's about? The movie? Yeah. Uh, I think it's about trying to get a Hollywood A-lister from a Disney past into some semblance of an indie-feeling film to break him into a new part of his career. I think that's what this movie is about. It's a stepping stone for Zac Efron, yeah. and everyone else is just along for the ride. Yeah, definitely. You want to jump on that gravy train. And actually for Emily Kadijkowski, 
Kukowski. However, um, I think it's for her to, to, to foray into... Cr- crossover real, from video clips and modelling to acting. Real life acting. Model slash actor turns actor slash model. Slashy. Um, uh, I want to come completely clean with the viewers. We did not measure up to our own parameters this week. We were distracted. We were all, all over the place. We were sending emails in the middle of the watch, which is fully, fully against the rules. Good honesty, though. Um, and I haven't quite decided how we will pay penance for that, but I feel like instead of having to watch the movie one extra time, which is definitely an option, if we manage to get the um, the VR gear, I think that will that that immersive experience will uh, make up for the lack of immersion this week. And I don't know when that's going to happen, but I want to get my hands on uh, on some VR gear so we can just be entirely surrounded by this film. I am so for that. Are you? That's not the words I expected you to say just now. Well, look, man, something's got to be done. Yeah. You're good on you, guy. Good attitude. Uh, I do, like. I think we. I think I showed the movie this as much respect this week as the movie showed me. Yeah. If you think about it in terms of uh, if you're out for a meal with someone and they're on their phone, then it's like that's carte blanche for you to go on your phone. Mm. You know. So the movie. The movie. The movie blinked first, <laughs> and I blinked back. It didn't pay enough attention to you, so so back at you. I specifically requested from the movie this week. There's a song I really want to hear the second half of. Um, oh yeah, yeah. There's a hard cut in the club from it's James Reed of the Feelers. He's, he's, it's our first introduction to him, actually. Yeah. When, uh, when we're at the club on social on a Thursday night. Social goes off on a Thursday. Social is where you want to be on a Thursday night. We have got beautiful women. We have got pumping dance tunes. We've got James Reed from the Feelers playing, banging out an acoustic set. Yeah, just to get everyone warmed up. That's at six o'clock. Doors are at five. And then he's so versatile, he DJs. But he only DJs recordings of the acoustic set he played earlier in the night. Which is pretty amazing that they've got all the equipment to be able to record to a professional grade a live set that he's just done and then cut the vinyl of it right there and then. If this movie teaches us anything, Tim, is that you don't need to operate on the big stage uh, of electronic music in Los Angeles, California. You don't need high uh, quality recording equipment. You can just do it on your phone. Just ask Zicoli. He literally just walks around. When he's about to play Summerfest, the biggest kick of his life, he just walks around with a cell phone, picks up recordings of coins spinning on tables and his friend having a fucking meltdown because he doesn't know what he's doing with his life. And then just, like, he doesn't, you know, say, hey, I really like that. Let's get you in the studio. Let's get you saying that. We'll use that. He's just like, nah, you know what? We'll use the version from my cell phone. If you went in there and plugged your cell phone into a recording of you doing anything, a gig, on a big expensive sound system, it's going to sound fucking terrible. And you could kind of mix it in if you had other stuff going at the same time, but when you cut all the music down so we can hear this one recording from your fucking cell phone, it's you, you've got nothing to hide behind. Um, at this point in the podcast, I would like to say thank you to our sponsor guy. It's time for us to do that. Who is... Quickly. Who... So if you if you feel like... Is our sponsor. You're too much of a purist... And you, you you feel like absorbing all of the podcast without the advertorial part? Skip ahead, I don't care. 
Do what, it. what is confusing about our ads, mm. I think, is that there's no jaunty musical jingle to say. It's because we're not journalists. We don't have to be like, here is the firm line between where the um, editorial and, and often, ad yeah, advertising And often happens. the ad, the conversation within the ad, the ad lib, the ad read will bleed into the actual podcast. Good. We're so allowed. It's absolute chaos, isn't See, it, for you, so, the listener? You don't know what's, you don't know which way is up. I've heard a lot of podcasts do that now where they play like a, a jaunty music beat over their ad. And I think the way that that started is because there was some specific podcasts made by like NPR in America where they really needed to kind of let people know that this bit's the ad and this bit's the show. And then everyone was like, oh, this is how you've got to do it. There are no fucking rules, man. It's like we are your friends. you just got to look at Zicoli as an example and be like, follow your dreams. There's so many different ways to skin a cat if the cat is your dream and skinning it is achieving it. I don't think people should look to Zicoli's efforts at becoming a DJ in this movie as an example of how to follow your dreams. I don't doubt that he likes music and he wants to be good at music, but I do question his work ethic. Uh, he you think he's falling forward? Is that what you are trying to say? What's what does that mean to fall well, forward? Just kind of like everything's accidental. There's no real plan or hard work going in. It's just he kind of accidentally gets successful at every step. Yeah, very I'm similar not. to Big Pipe Broadband. Look at your face. Look at your face. Bigpipe.co.nz. Uh, get some internet in ya if you're in New Zealand. They're Don't. the best ISP in the game. The in, game of internet. That's right. Only in New Zealand. To our American listeners. To our American listeners, I'd like to wave it in your face that I'm currently sitting pretty on a 200 MIP connection up and down. That's that's uh, ludicrously that's right. quick. Both ways. It's crazy. Right and left, up and down. You should see the quality of my Skype calls. They are to die for. So good. Um, if you want to join Big Pipe, get in the big boy uh, ISP game. Go to bigpipe.co.nz. They're cheap as well. They're not even expensive because they find all these ways to cut costs on the back end that you don't even notice. Yeah, we are their entire advertising budget. <laughs> that, that is almost probably true. <laughs> That's a huge cost-cutting That's a massive cost-cutting right thing. There. You, you don't have the big billboards like you get with your rip-off artists where you have to pay for all those billboards. You're just paying for old Timbo and Guy Guy. We're not that expensive, all things considered. That's, so, the, that's the beauty of it. If you sign up with Big Pipe, you're signing up with Timbo. And Guy Guy. Sorry, t- what was no, it? Timbly Wimbly. Timbly Wimbly, which actually has been bleeding through. I've had a few As well it should. of fan mail it's addressed to Timbly Wimbly. Spindly Timbly Wimbly. <laughs> you're a character in a children's book. Okay. You're frail. You can't go outside when it's windy because you'll get blown away and your bones will crack. Well, good thing I've got such good internet inside to keep me company. Go to bigpipe.co.nz and if you sign up with them, use the code WORST. I don't know if anyone's ever actually done that, but it'd mean a lot if you were the first one. I don't like that you made your new nickname Spindly Timbly Wimbly part of the ad read because I want that to I want that to hold, hold fast. You're like the NPR journal. You want that outside. You want it in the the yeah. uh, entertainment and the, body, and the body of the podcast. Um, what I what I was saying though, Tim. Yeah, Zicoli, He leaves his station. He uh, like it's several times, as we've said previously. He'll just be in the middle of DJing his job, his his job that he's paid for handsomely uh, at the pool party, and not so handsomely. He gets paid in drinks at social mm. Thursday night. So, so I tell you what. So those boys need to get out of bed with social. Social are not doing right by them. They're, no, ripping, they're, not. they're ripping them off at every turn. Yep. They're not paying their DJs. No. 
But the I DJs think, are providing a service. Well, yeah, but also Social was turning a blind eye to Johnny Depp's drug operation he's got running in there. Well, that is, doesn't mean that's not a good reason to stay in business with someone. Uh I don't know. It depends what business you're in. If you're in the business of illegally selling drugs, I reckon that's a fabulous reason to stay with a with a club. Because otherwise, you got to feel out if a club's going to abide your particular yeah. lifestyle business. If you choices. are in the business of selling illicit drugs, wouldn't the main part of that business be uh, maintaining a discreet business front and accordingly not necessarily like I don't think social know he's doing it. Yeah, that's. I true. think it's just yeah. it's, it's sort of a symptom of how poorly the the management. Yeah, for instance, sloppy. You've, got, you've got the 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 club manager, the guy running up at the start saying, "Where the fuck are the punters?" Mm. Who hasn't even checked outside to see there's a huge line. And moreover, that is insane. Like, don't just gloss over that because that's huge. He's like, "Where the fuck are all the people you invited?" And Jarhead has to be like, "Bro, they're outside." Like, wouldn't you definitely <laughs> he, look just at like the door? There's an outside. <laughs> I've been trapped in this club for thirty years. And then he hands Coley a list of songs he's not allowed. To play, and it's just the word firepower. He says, Save firepower for Mr. Reed. On that piece of paper, the word firepower. Don't play any of these tracks. Save the firepower for Mr. Reed. That's what he says. It's exactly like The Shining. He's just written the word firepower over and over and over again. And the boys, they're so impervious and immune to how insane, how batshit insane, not only the club manager, but the whole club social is. That they don't even bat an eyelid at the fact that they've been handed a piece of paper with the same word written over and over and over again from a guy who doesn't know that the club has an outdoors. Yeah. That doesn't sound like a healthy workplace. No. Unless he's some sort of avant-garde creative genius. Because you think? a so- dance club is a place of worship in some ways. You worship art, and the art you're worshipping is shitty dance music. Better yet, is, social, is the social nightclub... The entire thing is an art, art installation, and all of the people within it are pawns inside this artist's game. It's the most hip thing I've ever heard of in my life. Everyone's there, ironically. No yeah. one's having fun. Everyone's there to play their part in this art N- installation. No, not everyone is there. They go as punters. So the art installation, oh. only the artist and the intelligentsia, the select few who he's confided in, know that these people are there unironically. So when where does the facade end and the enjoyment of a club begin? Like what, what part is the um the people they, who so are they playing, watch the people who are playing are they part of the installation? They're part of the installation. So the whole thing is just a shell for an art project. Well, what's the difference between that and an actual club at that point? Uh the the difference is that the people who are owning it know and they laugh at them. <laughs> laugh at them why? Because they think, ha! Uh, you think that you think you're having fun, but you're <laughs> but you're actually inside my art project. Oh man, that's silly. That's so silly. <laughs> you're silly and spindly. There was a question I wanted to throw at you, guy. Yeah. And the question is, because someone I was I was talking to someone online this week, and they were like, "Humble brag." Why? <laughs> Yeah, internet heard of it. I'm on it. Oh, who's your provider, Tim? Um, can't remember their name. Can't remember. Can't for the life of me remember. Go on. And they were sort of. They were like, so why, why, why did you guys do sequel? Like, what's the thing with sequels that you guys did two sequels for the first two seasons of this? And I was like, I don't know. 
it's not really about sequels. It's about mediocrity, and generally, like it's a good, it's a good clue that something's going to be mediocre if it's a sequel that shouldn't have happened. And I was thinking, what would the sequel to We Are Your Friends be? Like, what happens in We Are Your Friends Two, or as I've titled it, We Are Still Your Friends? Uh, well, so we know that there was the potential for a spin-off sitcom, wherein James uh, James Reed from the Feelers and Zakolia are both washed up flatmates oh yeah yeah and Sophie's that's right. there because about that. they bombed the gig and she's working at a cafe yeah uh but i think the sequel to to we are your we are still your friends yeah well that's the title it is uh, the sequel to we are your friends it's just called we are still your friends it probably focuses on Paige and johnny depp yes yes bro we're on the same wavelength i think so too i don't think there's a like jarhead He's kind of just floating. He's just, he's pretty much all he does now is work construction on his, he's on, on, jar, on Jar Dad's house. He's a floating head in a jar. Jar, jar head. What is it called? Jar Dad? Is that? Jar Dad, yeah. Jar bless, Jar Dad. <laughs> We've got a blessing jar, which is like a swear jar. Only when they bless something, they've, I don't know. Look, it's not important. What we're here to talk about is Paige and Johnny Depp. One of the most interesting things I found about Paige in this. This watch, and something that I think, you know, is embarrassing and slipped past both of us, is one of the first things he says is, I don't believe, what is it? I, I don't, everything, I don't believe in anything that's not concrete. Yeah. I can't remember the exact yeah, line. Yeah, I think of, that's it. It's like every, everything, I, everything. I don't believe in anything that's not concrete. It's something like that. It's a weird here, double negative, which is why it's so hard to remember. It's like everything here is concrete. It's more or less what it is, is a confession that this is a man who has built an entire real estate, if you can call it that, empire of concrete. Yeah. Look closely. The Could computer's concrete. When he does say that, we are panning through an office, which looks like a normal office. It looks like that's just um, good we're dealing with normal computers, normal monitors, normal chairs. That's just a good paint job. But it's all actually concrete. Do you think that Paige has figured out a way to make microprocessors out of concrete? Like, are those no. computers functional or is everyone just... <laughs> Playing along, everyone's just having away. It's uh, that entire page and that entire um, office building are actually uh, quite an expensive and avant-garde art project by the owners of another art project called Social. Right, same uh, guys. Yeah, same team. They have an army of uh, would-be employees who uh, go into an office and simulate the experience of. Work well now. This begs the question: Is Paige in on it, or have they constructed this entire reality show just to kind of throw him? So he believes he is the king of this concrete constructed property empire, and no one's told him that it's an art installation. Paige is not in on it. God damn, yes, love that. And so the sequel would be. Johnny this is very Truman Show esque. It is. That someone's it? created an entire reality for Paige to live in and no one told Paige. And it's I haven't seen the Truman Show in so long. I don't think I've ever watched it. Really? The, the, um, the Jim Carrey one, yeah. Only I just kind of know the plot of it. Is there another one apart from the Jim Carrey one? Yeah, I think there's an orig- I think it's a remake. I think there's an original version of it. Truly? I think so. I think the Jim Carrey one is the one. No, I'm not going to look that up. You look it up. You're on the no, internet. You I, listen to a podcast. Yeah. I'll leave it to you, listener. Let's not look it up. Let's not look arguments, up anything. Yeah, arguments don't all need resolutions. Yeah, totally. 
It's fine. It's fine to not know. I was having a, a good argument with my flatmate the other night, and Nick was like, "We should just Google this." I was like, "No." <laughs> No, let's like, do it old school. The reason that no one has the courage of conviction anymore is because they don't need, like, they can just be, they can defer and be like, okay, you were right, or I was right. You can be proven wrong so easily now. Before, Back yourself. Before Back yourself. the internet, if you didn't have an encyclopedia, it was literally who was, a better, who was better at lying. Yeah. Or who had more conviction in what they were saying. Which actually does suggest that was a better time. You, know, yeah. you, don't, you don't want to be relying on uh, who's the better liar to determine what's correct and what isn't. That doesn't seem like a great way to uh, figure out what's up, does it? So anyway, Paige is there in his concrete empire, and Johnny Depp is now along for the ride. Now, Johnny Depp isn't in on it either, but he has been brought into the fold and has drunk the Kool-Aid like right to the, right to the last drop. So he thinks that Paige what? is some sort of concrete genius. <laughs> Johnny Depp's just taken. He's he. So after that big blow up, <laughs> you know that that shot they have him at, towards the end of the movie where it suggests he's pursuing his dream and he's in a room full of Johnny Depp lookalikes about to go to an audition. Yes, that's a hallucination. Whoa. Johnny Depp has taken all of the drugs that he was meant to sell <laughs> oh, no. and start, and it's gone bad. Oh my god! Wouldn't that be terrifying if you were tripping out? And you like walked into a room that you thought was the bathroom at social and you walk in and what you're visualizing is an audition room where everyone's a slightly fucked up version of yourself, but like wearing your clothes and shit. Holy <laughs> smokes, that would not be a fun trip at all. That'd that, be rubbish. That would be a game changer. And then everyone's got a script and they're trying to like perfect your accent. And they're all talking at once. So there's like a real kind of schizophrenic vibe that there's all these voices happening at you all in tandem and they're just trying to replicate what you look and sound like so they're not even going through with the ruse that they're all going to an audition they all well, just they start- are but they're auditioning for the part of you and then i think if you're on a bad acid trip the most natural conclusion for that is you're about to die and they need to cast your um stand in. oh it's i like, feel like-, like i'm in a bad acid <laughs> trip hearing this it's like what happened with paul mccartney you know oh yeah paul mccartney was an inside job yeah jet fuel can't melt the beatles that's <laughs> that's damn right but it, 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 yeah, that'd be a bad trip. That'd be a super bad trip. So that's what. So okay. So that's what's happened. He's having a hallucination at the end of the movie, and so he kind of retreats into Page's concrete empire because it's the only thing that he kind of. It's the only. Well, it's it's concrete. It's a <laughs> nice. It's a bit of um, floatsam. I think is the word. Like in a in a flotsam. Flotsam in a like when a plane crashes or a boat smashes up. He's just grabbing hold of something. He, that is his Titanic door to hold on to, and Titanic, and Ro- and 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 Paige's Kate Winslet. <laughs> yeah, Paige's Kate Winslet and Johnny Depp as Leonardo DiCaprio. The movie is pay is Leonardo DiCaprio is Paige and Johnny Depp just fucking <laughs> on a door and yeah. a, on a made of concrete in yeah, an office building. Made of concrete, and Paige just figured out a way to make it float on top of the Atlantic Ocean, which is quite incredible. It's not a very good... I mean, it shouldn't exist. It's not a good film. No. But this actually explains... The concrete thing does explain why when the boys are in the office and they're playing with that bit of thing that we still, to this day, can't figure out if it's a gold bar or an iPhone that's, like, got a gold it's uh, a case go- on it. It's a gold bar. Yeah, but it's not. It's concrete that's been made to look like gold, which is why they keep going to Cole. Hey, Cole, check this out. They're like, Paige just figured out a, a way to make <laughs> concrete look like gold. It's called paint. I would like to posit that that scene this week, I can't remember we set up as a regular segment last week, but no but 
wherein we pick out a scene that the, uh, was improvised. <laughs> okay, yeah. Uh, that scene. Run with that. Where Jarhead says to Cole, hey, Cole, check this out. And you said you tagged it today saying uh, we're pretending this gold bar is an I- this gold bar is an iPhone. Yeah. <laughs> One of the, the the actual line I thought of when you said that was, hey, Cole, check this out. We're doing improv games with this gold bar. <laughs> and on the cutting room floor, there's a scene of all of them pretending it's like a remote to change the channel. <laughs> Trying their best to turn it into something. Yeah. Whose bar is it anyway? <laughs> the best offer came from Squirrel, who imagined that... Um, it was a nut. It was a, it was a nut. <laughs> hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. He pretended he was a squirrel. <laughs> They're none of them very good at improv. <laughs> none of them. They gave young Emily a go as well, and she wasn't too good either. No one's good at improv, and they keep trying to throw it into this film like it's going to work, and it just keeps not. I love it, though. You like the offers. You like the effort that's going in. You like that everyone's giving it a, a real God's honest try. A red-hot like go. Good God. Um, so just I want to... I want to just keep coming back to the sequel thing because I feel like we've got no conclusion on it. The sequel, We Are Still Your Friends, is following the adventures of Paige and his concrete empire with a drug-addled but slowly recovering Johnny Depp who is on board as his right-hand man. And together they're going to transform they're the more- earth. Little do they know they are living inside of an art installation. That's right. They're more, do we know They're that? more than business partners. They're lovers. Do we, the viewer, know that they are in an art installation? I guess that's the biggest question. That is a huge question. I think we do. I think we have to be in on it for this premise to work. Would so, you agree with that? Yeah. That It's a bit Truman Show. It almost feels like we're watching a reality show at this point. Yeah. If we know. Oh, if we don't, well, if we don't know, then it doesn't exist. 
the you know mo- what I'm saying? Ah, uh, yeah. I think it's quite it's quite an art house release. This film, I think. Oh, like if we you do get know, it, you get it. Yeah, and we, if you don't, or, you don't. Yeah, and you can pay like a premium to watch it in a room full of hired actors who are pretending to be this like is, intellectual this, snobs. True. This is like what I was talking about with um, the nice guys to you. And I don't want to delve because we, you know, we shouldn't delve into other films. But I might do a little write up on this because I think everyone's missed what The Nice Guys is actually about. That movie with yeah, Russell Crowe and and uh, Ryan Gosling. We can't entertain every conspiracy theory on one podcast, Tim. Be pretty cool if we tried, though. But I might write that up because I've got some interesting. Thoughts I think. About I that think film. you. Should, I think you've got to do something with those thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> it's not healthy to have have them rattling around your brain. Yeah, and no possibly. Outlet. Possibly. Um, so yeah, I th- I think that's a pretty good sequel. It's different. It's a different feel. It's a different tone. I, I would like to hear a lot more jazz and less dance. You know, <laughs> give it a real art house feel to it. Yeah, like um, Birdman. You know, a lot of drums, a lot of jazz drumming. It was Kareem Riggins was uh, the drummer in that. You see him in the film. Yeah. Talent. He's, he's a good drummer. He's a talent, to be sure. Um, this week, in Getting Sentimental with James Reed, or as we like to say it, Getting Sentimental with, with James, James Reed. Reed. Uh, so we're constantly trying what to determine what James Reed from The Feelers has stuffed inside of a MacBook Pro box to give to Zicoli. Our clues are, he says, I got a little sent I got you something. I may have got a little sentimental. And also he says this is a self- to be honest, a self serving gift. So if I may, I hypothesize that it is a folding servant robot that compacts down to the size of a MacBook Pro and all it can do is serve nuts. Or gold bars that Squirrel has deemed a nut to James Reed from the feelers. What? Just fetching them for Biz- James Reed. What sort of bizarre AI mm. would you have to put inside a robot for it to, you know, obviously the nuts thing, fine. If that's its one, you know. Yeah. What is, like that Rick and Morty gag, what is my purpose? <laughs> <laughs> to get me the butter. To get the butter. So it just does the nuts. But to put in the extra wrinkle that it also... Yeah, but yeah, can, do, you want, do you want to know why? In all honesty, yeah. I'm so glad you brought this up, guy. Because there are so many things that we call nuts and think are nuts that are actually seeds that the parameter that the robot works on is anything that you deem to be a nut becomes a nut if you're a human. It's like Isaac Asimov's Three Rules of Robotics, which I'm going to attempt to remember. It's been a while since I read one of his books. The first one is that a robot cannot do harm to a human through action or inaction. The second rule is that a robot must obey the commands of its human owner as long as it does not conflict with the first rule. And the third rule is that a robot will preserve its own existence as long as it's, it does not conflict with the first and second rules. Well, so, when did this guy write these rules down? The 50s. Wow. The 1950s. Shit, he would have been such a space cadet in the fifties. Yeah, he. I think from memory, he's the most prolific writer of the in the English language. He's got a book published in every section of the Dewey Decimal System except philosophy, from memory. Which is weird because most of his stories are very philosophical. But anyway, 
He was a prolific writer. Wrote a lot of letters too. A lot of letters, Isaac Asimov. Anyway, so this robot, right? So if you say that all the robot can do is fetch nuts, then you're carting out like, you're carving so many uh, things that we call nuts but are actually seeds. Like, aren't almonds technically seeds? They're not nuts. There's a whole bunch of them. I can't remember which ones they are. What? Like peanuts. Peanuts are seeds, apparently. Some shit like that. A peanut is neither a pea nor a nut. It is a legume. Oh, legume. There you go. I, so what, if I am holding, if I don't quite, I don't quite understand this robot's relationship to me. If I say that's a nut yeah. and point to a camera. He'll fetch it for James Reed. And he'll take it to James Reed. Yeah. He won't take it to me. Yeah. So I say that's a nut and point at a camera. He'll pick it up and take it to James take Reed. Take it to James Reed. Say, that's, that's what he's there to do. Here is a nut. Yeah. And surely James Reed would be like, why did I, why this? Well, J- look, James Reed is the one who said it's a self-serving gift. It serves to himself. Yeah, but I'd be furious if the robot I had specifically to retrieve nuts for me. Yeah. Was it the like at the mercy of anyone else's whim to well, be like? That's what makes it a gift to Zicoli. It's a it's it's a self serving gift. It is technically owned by Zicoli. It's Zicoli's robot, but it serves James Reed from the feelers. Whatever you think is a nut, or whatever you call a nut. So, <laughs> if it, what happens if I have if Zicoli's sitting at his house? Yeah, and he's got a bowl mm-hmm. full of. Nuts. Yeah. Cashew nuts. Yeah. Salt, lightly salted. Nice. Okay. Good addition. Uh, Good detail. I can if, taste if, them. If if I don't, if Zicoli doesn't say anything, the robot and nuts remain in the room. Yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If Zicoli says the robot isn't there to find all the nuts in the world and bring them bring them back to uh, James Reed. It, would bloody... just, it is at Zicoli or whoever's there's command. So you so, say. That, that's a nut. What if you point to something and say that's a nut? Is that when it will go and pick it up and take it to James Reed? Yeah. So that's like, a nut. Take that nut to James Reed. Zakoli, like, say Jarhead comes in. Yeah. And he Jarhead start, could do it. Jarhead comes in and he starts, like, yelling. Yeah. And Zakoli's like, oh, mate, you're going nuts. You're nuts. Yeah. What happens? Nothing. Because you've got to tell the robot both that thing is a nut and also take it to James Reed. It needs both commands. You're nuts. Okay. Take them away, robot. I gotta. Say- <laughs> it's a sentimental gift. It's so sentimental. So sentimental. Um. Yeah, man. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's good. It's it, robot. It's good, and it collapses down to the size of a MacBook Pro. Yeah, so that it can fit in the box. Holy shit. I mean, I think this thing's going to be big. I think there's a big market for it. I don't. Don't you? No, absolutely yeah. not. I don't. I think. I think whoever invented it, um, they got very confused along the way. Because <laughs> what what you're trying to you may be wondering about the specificity of the nuts thing, right? If you're creating a machine that really can pick up any object that you deem to be a nut and take it back to James Reed, you want to put some some kind of parameters on it to try and limit its function a bit because otherwise it'll it'll go fucking loopy. You know, one thing I didn't think of, you could get a grenade and be like, this is a no, nut, take it to James fir- Reed. I was thinking that, but then the first rule of robotics is... Oh, yeah, okay, we're assuming it's imbued with those rules. Cool, I dig that. I, I thought that might have been why you listed the rules or were yeah. you just showing off? I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm I just was talking. Im- I was I'm impressed. I'm just talking here. 
Yeah. Okay. That's good. I'm glad you're impressed. I don't read a lot of books, but I've read I've read a couple of those Isaac Asimov ones because they're a good easy read. I don't know that being the most prolific author is necessarily like a badge of honor. <laughs> no, no, not necessarily. It's like that is, doesn't mean anything. It's like, oh yeah, that guy. Yeah, he wrote heaps. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh okay. Well, where does that leave me? Quality does not equal quantity. We know this from watching a film 52 times, a couple times. Quantity doesn't equal quality. Mm. Just reaming something you, doesn't make it you good. You said it the other way around. Oh, whoops. Sorry. Quality does not equal quantity. That, I guess, also technically holds true. Yeah, but it's a different thing, isn't it? It's like in Alice in Wonderland, that other one book that I've read. Do you know that... What's they- the line? I say... To say what you mean and to mean what you say are two different things. I think it's a conversation she has with the Cheshire cat. Anyway, what were you going to oh, say? You don't want to talk to the Cheshire cat, whoever you all at sixes and sevens. He is, honestly, that cat is just out to create havoc. Casting that cat as Whoopi Goldberg was a masterstroke, I reckon, in the, in the animated one. Oh, yeah. Whoopi Goldberg was one of the hyenas in The Lion King as well. That's right. Is Alice in Wonderland Disney? Don't know. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it is. <clears throat> We're getting off track from We Are Your Friends, or I will allow some discussion on We Are Still Your Friends in this episode as well as a special treat from me to you. We are going down... Sentimental. We're, we're like going down some really some really interesting wormholes this week, aren't we? Yeah, a little bit, because we just couldn't... This is. I think we're folding back on ourselves and climbing inside to the weirdest recesses of our brain. It's I, happened far too quickly this, this time around, because we're only on watch nine now. That's not that quick. That's not that, like, you know, one more watch and we're, almost, we're pretty much... We're in double digits. By default, we have done... We're like, it's almost 20... We've done, like, 18 or 19% of it. I'm not into um, us accidentally fulfilling the sobriety rule as well for the for the single digits ones. What, we've been... Just, like, real straight-edge watches of this film. Like, I think it's fine. After five, we should have just been, like, fucking just pounding beers or something. Because today, it was just... I haven't even eaten. I'm hungry oh, on top a- of everything. It's a horrible feeling. It's not good. It's not a good movie for an empty stomach. No. It's not to say that there's a lot of food consumed, but... You just want to approach you, like, it in a good space yourself. You know, you want to be comfortable. You don't want to be cold. You don't want to be hungry. I always think it's it's to be... Tri- yeah, it's hard, though, isn't it, to treat it like any movie because it's not any movie. It's a movie you've seen nine times before. I like to just go in there with fresh eyes and be like, okay, here we go. Yeah. Well, here's, here's a film. It's imperative for, for us to meet the... Meet the movie on its terms. I think that was what Dom Corey said. Yeah. He's big on that. you got to watch every movie you see. Yeah. And that goes beyond movies, anything. You have to meet it on its terms. Yeah. So you can't watch We Are Your Friends, hoping for it to be Citizen Kane. It could surprise you and prove to be the Citizen Kane of our generation. Once in a while it might. And you might voice <laughs> that out loud on, onto a recording device and then transmit that to Opinion. the internet. Um, but most of the time you are just watching a Zac Efron vehicle. That went awry financially, big time. It doesn't look like a big budget, though. No, Did they... but it didn't. didn't... Oh, yeah, they We've got it. into that. This was like historic in terms of what the budget was for what it made. It's one of the biggest flops like ever, <sighs> apparently. That sucks. I should look into that before I go shoot my mouth off. But It's upsetting. I can see why, though. It's just not. It's not inspiring. It's, just, it's like you, you were saying this when we were watching it. You were like, 
because I, I can't remember what triggered it, but you were like, it's a hero's quest movie of sorts. Like you've got the kind of idiot savant, which I guess is Skrull. You've got the hero, which is Cole. And his quest is supposed to be to become this international DJ. And it starts off like that. And we've got it quite strong in the opening. Like he's working well on his computer. He's, he's you know, obsessing over this track. He's tweaking it. And then it just kind of gets abandoned for most of the film. Like we don't really, he doesn't care about it anymore. And then the filmmakers are like, oh shit. And they freak out and they have to kill someone just to give the, the yeah. film some false gravity and pathos. Absolutely. That squirrel's death, the first time I saw it, was so shocking. Yeah. There's nothing to suggest in the movie. The, the, the movie isn't like it. It's not that kind of film. No, it's not. And it's like they realized that they were making a film with no point. And yeah. were like, well, we better put some emotional poignancy in here. So they overcorrected and murdered a character. It, like, it's, you know. Squirrel died at the hands of Maximum Joseph's lack of being able to write a cohesive three-act story. I still think the best way to, to read Squirrel's death is as a suicide. You reckon he would rather kill himself than keep hanging out with those dudes? Yeah, and he'd been thinking about it, but what really got him is when they all sang Santeria at 5am. That's a hell of a straw to break the camel's back, eh? Like, I could understand that. It's I could like, definitely understand it's that. It's 2016. <laughs> How are we still singing Sublime? I didn't even like it at the time. Yeah. There's a lot of bands like that, I feel, if you're in LA, that you would just have to be on board with, you know? Like, I'll, I'll admit, this is coming to me because I was listening to a comedy Bang Bang episode recently where they were talking about this, but it's like you're... Um, uh, 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 Sugar Ray, yeah, you know, like that song every morning, stuff like that. Real LA sound shit. <laughs> Sugar Ray, I liked, and probably to this day like Sugar Ray. I, w- I would never put it on, but if it's on the st- like, if I'm flicking through the radio while I'm driving my car, it got absolutely punished here though in New Zealand. I remember that on the radio. All I, day, every day. I remember when Crazy Town Butterfly came out. Oh, fuck that song so hard. I hated it when it came out, and one of my best mates fucking loved it. That was, used to play it all it the time. It was me in disguise. <laughs> I loved that song. This is when I, I learnt the whole first verse. Of course you did. Of course you did. I printed out the lyrics. Rap rock. I also printed shit. out the lyrics uh, to uh, oh, a Snoop Dogg song at the same time. Gin and Juice? No. That would have been about that a Snoop Doggy, era. Uh, Snoop Doggy Dog, Bow to the Wow. I can't remember, but I printed it out and left it. I left the, I accidentally forgot I printed it out and left the lyrics in the in the printer. And I would have been uh, very young. Too young. Too young to be reading such unsavory language and ideas. And uh, my parents found it. And they're like, what is this? And I was like, it's Snoop Dogg. Oh, no. <laughs> Yeah. Did you get a talking to? Yeah, I think they're like, these are not... It's low level. It's a lot better than your parents finding a porn website on the history of the family computer. That happened also. Which is something that kids today will never know. Because they've got their own cell phones and laptops. And they're used to kids. Incognito. People people who were born before, like, I don't know, the year um, 1998, probably, we used to share a computer. That's how families worked. You were lucky to have one in your family. And if you had one, 
It was in the computer room, which is a room that doesn't exist anymore. No, that's right. And you'd have to wait. You'd have to know full well that all your siblings and parents are out of the house. There's no risk of a drop in because you can't just take, you can't unplug a desktop and the whole fucking power, like you can't take it up to your room. It's not feasible. And they were so much heavier back in the day. And you had those CRT monitors that weighed like 10 kg just by themselves. You're doing it in the broad light of day. And look, I don't. I mean, I don't even remember the story until we got into this. But I would, so uh, uh, one day I was. I can't. I don't think. I, I don't know why I was at home. I was home by myself. I think I was homesick, maybe or something. I would have been like thirteen or fourteen, and every, I was like, "Dad, leave the house." Everyone had left the house, and I was like, "Excellent! I can do that thing I've just figured out how to do, which gives me the best feeling." And I went, and, and mum and dad had been away, like, or they'd been out the night before, they'd been away for a bit. And uh, I went into the computer room, and I I looked up, I remember not knowing what to look up, so I looked up the words free vagina. <laughs> God, that's good. Is that is, that like is kind of adorable. New wave feminism <laughs> porn, free the vagina. <laughs> uh, and anyway, and... I did my dastardly doings, somehow stumbled through that awful entry point, somehow stumbled into uh, something real poor with which I could work. And uh, then, like, was like finished, and I was like, fuck, okay. Ran, aw- ran away to have a shower, sort mm. myself out. Mm. I came back downstairs. Yeah. And in that time, dad had obviously forgotten something. Ludicrous. And come home. You plebeian. Had you not closed I, it? I hadn't closed it. That's insane. Wind. What were you doing? That's insane. Um, I you know for really a fact. You really were playing with fire I there, I know friend. for a fact my little sister listens to this podcast. <laughs> oh, look, we're all adults now, you know. This yeah. is over a decade ago, for crying out loud. Yeah, it's well over a decade. I wouldn't be making that sort of rookie error as a fucking 17-year-old. Certainly not. What was well, your shining light, Tim? Oh, yeah, that, that old chestnut. Probably Johnny Depp's disgusted look on his face when Paige says something to them in the diner. What is it that triggers it? Oh, uh, he says, you wanna, if you want to make any real cash. Oh, yeah, that's right. You, sh- you want to start any real loot, you should come work for me. There's just a split-second cut to Johnny Depp's face, and he looks horrified at the suggestion. Yeah, I, I had a Johnny Depp. Uh, I like that character. I think at one point early on I tried to stick up for him, not because I genuinely liked him, just to try and be contrarian because you sure. were railing on him and sure. you were so quick to be like, no, nah, this guy's a bad egg. Mm. But, um, yeah, my shining light was also... Being- this podcast is nothing if not a marketplace of ideas. I'm glad that you <laughs> challenged me on it. Uh, and Johnny Depp, when he's walking, he's got the cash from social. I don't know why they let the drug... like. For all we know, Johnny Depp's skimming off of the money they earn per head for mm. bringing people into social. Yeah. He's a drug dealer. He started taking all of his drugs. But he, he gives, he's on his way to give them the envelopes, and you get like the shot. It's sort of framed so that you've got the three. You've got Jarhead, Squirrel, and Zakoli who are yep. all on the left, and Johnny Depp walking in on the right, right-hand side of the frame. And he takes off his hat, which is like one of his favorite things to do because <laughs> it makes him look hat. interesting if he takes off his hat and touches his hair and puts his hat back on. It's something we're all guilty of, I'm sure. But he takes off his hat and spits, and then he puts his hat back on. And the ADR on the spit is like, so, it's overwhelming. It's like, it honestly, it <laughs> 5.1 surround spit. Peaks the mic and like buries everything else. That's all the ambience. It's like, <laughs> geez, that was big. Well, now you know. Yeah. But I was like, bold. Maximum directing. Maximum directing from Maximum Joseph. Someone told us that uh, Maximum Joseph's friend 
who I will call Minimum Joseph, is in the film in the PCP party scene. I looked for him, couldn't see him. I believe you. I didn't hear of Minimum Joe. It's probably a room full of friends. Yeah. Anyway, uh, look, this is where it ends for this week. So thank you very much for joining us again. I don't look forward to seeing the movie anymore, but we will be doing it for another 43 times. You're framing it all wrong. When you look at a progress bar, Tim, and you see it's 18, 18% loaded, are you like, oh, wow, there's still 82% to load? Or are you like, 18%? That's more than zero. Yeah, true. All right. Good. We've seen the movie nine times, everybody. 18%. Is it 18%? Oh, oh yeah, it is roughly. roughly yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, damn right. Okay. Well, thanks again to our sponsor, bigpipe.co.nz. You can ride your phone battery when it's on 18%. Oh, it depends. Depends what your plans for the day are. Yeah, you wouldn't set off in the morning with it, but like, certainly not. If it was ten thirty at night and you were out and you look and you're like eighteen percent, and you're like, eh, I got another two hours. I got two hours and an Uber home on that. Yeah, righto. Good luck, everybody. You won't be going on social media as much as you might otherwise, but that's probably good. It's better to socialise. They call it social media. <laughs> <laughs> you gonna play that dastardly intro again? Intro, 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 intro. Ow! This movie's still fine. There's a colleague of pasta. One of them dies, that guy's screw. One of them's a hottie, his name is Jay. One of them looks like Johnny Depp, and his name is Johnny Depp. Classic Maximum Joseph. You forget that films are supposed to have a point. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.